my decision to get hype right now That's the energy bro, that's the energy Burning an effigy of those who neglected me Moving to surgeries and fits up epileptically Ostracization I would deal with them regularly Big words streaming the big whips Currently I haven't made much progress on this It's either Uber or the Iron Horse Already I got hobbies putting gas in the exhaust That could maybe be my life but I can't see And I barely got any money Tee hee hee The universe is playing tricks on me God is playing Netflix on me Feel like Job sometimes when my faith is tested To whom much is given, much is expected I hold a continent on my back On the precipice of the racks My phone is in a perpetual state of malfunction That's a euphemism for my life right now It's my decision to get hype right now My phone is in a Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of the Pod Squad Dedicated to a single UCAN member Simon Kamau. Simon has just reached the finish line of his Bronze Arts Award, which he has completed with UCAN. Arts Awards are accredited qualifications which inspire young people to grow their arts and leadership talents, and UCAN are now beginning to deliver them to their members. Stay tuned for more info on that subject. Great things are afoot. Simon's performing name is S.I.M. and he's a hearing and visually impaired rapper based out of Cardiff, Wales. He started working with Sightlife and UCAM Productions over the summer and entered the Art Award Scheme with the support of UCAM Productions creative learning lead and all-round legend, Alex. He was already an accomplished and talented rapper with a strong online presence. But since going deaf in November 2019, he has had to be resilient and use flexible strategies to continue making music. He's had a pretty rough ride of it at times, it's fair to say, but after returning to the studio with UCAN and then going on to establish himself as a real live performer around Cardiff venues, he's truly starting to feel like an artist again. It's a brilliant, inspiring story, but I tell you what, Let's hear it from him. Over to you, mate. So this is Alex from UCAN, joined by Simon, who has been doing some work with us, uh, making music and rapping. So Simon, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, what type of artist are you and what kind of music do you make? Uh, thank you very much for having me, uh, Alex. Um, no, I'm a rap artist. Um, my name in real life, Simon. When I rap, my name is Siam. Uh, so as a rap artist, what kind of music I make is I make rap music that's about my life. I make rap music that's about my condition. I make rap music that's about things that I care about happening in the world. And I make rap music that's um, also very fun. You know, one of the core elements of rap is to have, um, it's about the knowledge, but it's also about the fun. It's also about the skill of doing it. Fantastic. Okay. So what inspires you to make music? What inspires me to make music is a very good question. Um, when I make music, you know, sometimes it's just a feeling. You know, sometimes, you know, if I'm just in my house or just around, you know, and I'm always writing every day, you know, I'm always consistently thinking about what that next hook, you know, next chorus, that next verse, that next really big, um, you know, that next really big line. You know, it's when... My emotions are stimulated. Um, what I aspire to do is that I aspire to put, especially with my condition, you know, there aren't that many rappers 
who are deaf that can still rap because not that many deaf people are verbal. And yeah. so where I'm deaf with a lowercase d, meaning that I use the technology and I still participate in the hearing world and I still speak, yeah. instead of using BSL for everything I do, it means that I have an opportunity to visualize uh, the invisible in a way, like to put my condition and to put disability, to be part of the wider movement, to mainstream disability in society, uh, to put disability in front of everything, you know, whether that's on your screen, whether that's in the club, whether that's in parliament, whether that's on the streets, you know, whether that's anywhere, you know, we're just the same as anybody else, we can participate the same as anybody else. And so it's my mission with my art to mainstream, to help mainstream disability, to help empower people, talk to people in my condition, but people around the world going through something, you know, and to empower that and to uh, visualize the invisibility of disability, which is made invisible all through our society, seen as something to be ashamed of, something to hide. And so my music says that actually I have nothing to hide. You know, this is where I am. This is who I am. You know, I'm not doing nothing to make people more comfortable. You know, I don't censor myself to make people comfortable. I don't wear an eye patch to make people comfortable. I don't show, I don't avoid showing myself in front of a camera to make people comfortable. You know, I'm a human being just like you. I'm not unsightly. I'm not weak or pathetic. I'm strong, the human being just like you. I mean, and it's about showing that and visualizing that, you know, that also inspires my art. So why did you join UCAN and what do you hope to achieve with UCAN? Well, joining with UCAN was, well, was kind of word of mouth. I was doing my music and meeting people and then someone told me, oh, you should just, you know, there's, there's UCAN. You know. um, and I was living life and then I got this uh, piece of paper that said like, it's UCAN. So I went online and I did my, you know, I looked and I saw it and there was something I really liked. You know, I liked the, I liked how the things were produced like the videos that they had on the website. I like that they gave people a platform to speak for themselves. You know, people like me with a platform to speak for themselves. And as someone who's always been into the arts, I thought that that would be a good marriage, you know, the arts and me, someone who's into the arts, would be a good way to progress, uh, to progress myself here in Cardiff, you know, yeah. as an artist here in Cardiff. I'm not like a Cardiff native. I've been around the world, you know, and so being new in Cardiff, or I guess having not lived here forever, I needed to build, like, connections and I needed to expand myself in the sea and build more of a name for myself in the sea. And I think UCAN was an opportunity to link with someone who shared my vision of um, mainstreaming disability, of um, you know changing the perceptions and social attitudes. So how does being deaf blind influence your art? Influences it a lot. Uh, you know, in the beginning it was just that I couldn't see. I only went deaf a couple of years ago. Um, in November 2019, interestingly, I went deaf. I went, <laughs> I went deaf because of the pandemic. Well, not during the pandemic, you know. So I went fully deaf in November 2019. It was very sudden. I slept one night and I could hear still somewhat from my ear, though it was deteriorating. But then I woke up the next day and it just, just went away. It was very traumatic to, you know. Even before then, you know, I tried to go to the cinema. If anyone remembers that movie, Joker. Uh, 2019 it came out and I went to the cinema to watch it and I was so happy and excited but then I sat there and I couldn't I could hear people were talking but I couldn't make out what was being said and so I sat there and it was very traumatic for me you know I sat through a whole two-hour movie just not understanding what anyone was saying and it was really I left the cinema feeling you know really bad <laughs> and so eventually my hearing just up and went one night you know I slept and woke up and it was just gone 
And so where before the music was a way to make up for, okay, I couldn't see, but I could hear the music. And I listened to music. I was a serial listener to music. Throughout the mid-2010s, up until then, especially, I was so into music. I would listen to music every day. I would not go anywhere without my headphones. I'd always be on Spotify. I'd always be on Tidal. I'd always be on Apple Music. I was always listening to music, music, music. And so where my hearing went, it was very traumatic for me because things didn't sound the same. Even through my hearing implant, it's not the same as what it was. You know, and so for a while, I kind of dropped out a bit with the music, but I guess over time, I managed to accustom myself to the hearing implant, and I managed to accustom myself to listen to music again, and I, you know, being deaf blind, it, you know, it gave me, you know, I guess I saw that there was, that there's maybe a reason for it, you know, and even if there may or may not be a grand power, you know, being reason I obviously have a Christian faith but no matter what you believe whether it's a power or not I think that even if there isn't a reason I can make one I can carve one out you know and being deaf blind and learning more about the disability rights movement learning more about disability studies and learning more about this life in general and the challenges we face I saw my rap abilities and my experience with music I've been doing music for a while and so my experience with music, I saw it as a way to, uh, like a calling, you know, like I have a mission, you know, it's something I have to, I have to use my my words and my abilities with the music to to uh, mainstream um, this deaf blindness to help with NF2, to help with all these other issues, you know. So that's why, you know, it, it drove me, um, it took things away from me and traumatized me and caused me to not want to do it anymore. But then over time, and performing again in front of the people when the lockdown measures stopped, you know, I started to see that actually there's a real there's a real reason I'm here and there's a real reason I'm doing this. You know, I see it connect to people yeah. in the audience when I perform in front of them. I really yeah. do. Yeah. You know, and so there's there's really there's something there. You know, and so I pursue that and it inspires me. So, the pandemic has had a profound impact on mental health and our awareness of it. How have you dealt with mental health during COVID? Uh, during COVID, well, it's important to stress that though I deal with a lot of physical challenges. Um, and so in the beginning of my life, I was very close-minded on mental health issues, you know, and that was how I was in the past. But it's important to stress that uh, though I could explain very detailed specifics of why, uh, mental health is just as important as physical health. Um, and so your mental health is something that you need to pay just as much attention to. Just like how you go to the gym, this is how you do your rehabilitation stuff. Just as how you take your medicine for a physical thing. Just uh, like how you need to get vaccinated for COVID. Uh, also, your mental health is just as important as anything in your physical health. You know, losing my hearing, my condition deteriorating. I had two brain surgeries in 2020. You know, my first one was to remove a tumor in my neck because I have uh, neurofibromatosis. I have type 2 neurofibromatosis. So it means there's uh, tumors all around my central nervous, uh, my central nervous system. Uh, and so I had to have uh, my, my symptoms were deteriorating a lot leading into 2020. You know, a performance, the last performance I had before the pandemic was at an, there was a, there was a spoken word event. Uh, somewhere in Cardiff, and as I was performing on stage, literally, like, 
like my body was just deteriorating. <laughs> my hearing was deteriorating. My tinnitus uh, ringing in my ears. It was just blaring out. That's it too. I don't know how I managed to get those last couple of performances out. You know, my symptoms were really deteriorating. By the time I had my brain operation, which was extremely successful, they were moved. Um, they were moved um, at the University Hospital of Wales, an NHS hospital. They were moved 100% of the tumor. Um, that was um, in the base of my brain, which is beautiful. Um, but then I had like a fluid leak. So I had to come back and then like get the fluid drained, which again was a very successful procedure. But it was a lot happening to me at once. I lost all my hearing. I lost, you know, I suppose like some of my mobility, some of my physical function. It wasn't what it used to be, let's say five years ago. And um, having so many surgeries and so much changing, it just happened all at once. You know, and so I needed to get counselling. You know, I decided I needed to get counselling because looking at other people's mental health in my life and just around, you know, they're very able-bodied people who haven't gone through the medical situations that I've been through and happening to them so quickly that, like, even they're struggling with life in mental health. And I always advise anyone to go get therapy. And so when it was happening to me, I said that it was, I, you know, I knew it was time, you know, and I went, I used a company called Deaf for Deaf. Um, so they gave me lots of free sessions. Um, once I consulted the GP, they said Deaf for Deaf. And so during the whole lockdown, like every Tuesday, you know, there was a guy called Matt and he was my guy. Like every Tuesday, I just, for the whole lockdown, I had a guy that I could talk to every Tuesday about basically anything. And it was very, very helpful during that period of time. I was able to get a lot off my chest. And I was able to just, by the end, I was able to just have someone I could talk to. Does that make sense? I'm deaf now, so I can't really talk to people the way I used to. I find it very uncomfortable to sit in rooms with people, especially big groups of people. The TV's on, people are talking, trying to keep up. My hearing implant just picks up a lot of synthetic noises. And everyone's, you know, it's not the same as what it was. You know, so talking to people has been harder and I've been isolated and doubly so because of lockdowns. And so it was good every Tuesday to just have someone to talk to, man. And I advise anyone to get whatever counseling that you can. I understand it's difficult. For most people, I was in a good position because they were willing to be flexible with me given what I have. For most people, you'll only get like six sessions. That's the reality. Unless you can afford to pay for it yourself. Then, you know, depending on how rich you are, you can have that. But so for most people, you're only going to get like six sessions. It may be. The waiting list is so long. But it's like, if you can, just pursue it. Even six sessions can help you. You know, even your six sessions, they can teach you some cognitive behavior therapy, like some techniques that you can use. And having someone to talk to, even just those six times, it can make make a difference. There's people in my life who've told me that it's made a difference. Even though the amount of sessions was inadequate, they'd prefer to have more. Still, it does make a difference to see someone, to talk to someone. If you need to take medicine, please take medicine. And if you take an, if you get a gangrenous infection in your foot and you have to take antibiotics for it, you will take your antibiotics. So if there's something, if there's a chemical imbalance within you or whatever it may be that you have to take medicine for, it's just as crucial that you take that. Yeah. In the beginning, it wasn't much. Now they said, okay, you have enough to. You have NF2, uh, it's this, is that. But at the beginning, my symptoms weren't bad. NF2 symptoms get worse, like, when you're 18, between 18 to when you're in your mid-20s, when I am now, that's when the symptoms get bad. 
you know. And so when my symptoms truly kicked in and they truly dawned on me that, oh, my God, I'm in the struggle, <laughs> you know. Like, it's not just abstract anymore. Like, oh, you know, the tumors could do this to you or they could do that. Mm. They're doing a little bit of this to you. But no, uh, you know, I had a brain surgery before the last year of my A-levels. Before I took my A-levels that January, I had a, a brain operation. But other than that, I still finished my A-levels, by the way, and went to my first choice uni. Um, but even with that... Um, it never really dawned on me how much of a struggle this is. I was able to do more or less just fine. It was only until 2019 when things really start to fall apart that it really dawned on me, you know, like, you know, holy shit, basically. You know, this is a struggle, you know. I'm, I'm in the struggle. I'm in an actual uh, a fight uh, with this condition, you know. And in the beginning, it was very daunting. You know, even with all the family support I have, the friends, the community, wherever it may be, it is still a very daunting experience. Uh, and in the beginning, it was very harmful to my mental health. But I've been able to keep going and I've been able to have a lot of support, some amazing support from people. And I've been able to, you know, through my music and through my art and through my performances and getting back into it, you know, and getting back into my course and other such things, you know, pursuing the next level, you know, I'm hopefully... You know, in God's will, God willing, got like doctorate, you know, very soon, you know, I'm in the process of applying, it's almost done, you know, like I'm almost there, you know, to start. And so I found reasons why, you know, I have this condition, it's affected my mental health, but I've raised my mental health um, by trying to find a reason why and pursuing uh, pursuing a path in life with my art and with other things, my art, my scholarship, everything based on that reason, which is to mainstream disability, to mainstream my condition, to visualize that invisible. And um, also I got the counseling that I needed, the care that I needed, the medications that I need, you know, so leaning on others as well as within myself, finding the, the willpower and that willpower and the support from people around me that could feed off of each other and push me forward. So. Okay, you've touched on this already, but how does UCAN's work fit with your artistic vision? It's to mainstream and visualize disability, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I want uh, UCAN to, and that's why I work with UCAN, that's why I connect with UCAN, uh, is to visualize uh, disability. And I love how, I love the creative freedom my guy UCAN actually. Uh, <laughs> you know, whenever I was, I was, I had trepidation about doing music with like, I don't know, uh, like an organization that's like for the community, like for the community, because I always thought that, you know, it's usually like a lot of sense you are. In London, there was another organization, um, the Royal Society for Blind Children, um, where they're like, oh, you can come to our talent showcase years ago, but they're like, you can perform anything you want, like rock, pop, dubstep, positive rap. Okay, they highlighted they said positive rap think about that what why not positive rock why not positive dubstep why not positive why is it rap the only one that you gotta highlight and say positive rap I can pull up I can pull up dress like I don't even know what as in it can get dark with rock right but there's never this to specify you know positive so I always felt like as a rapper I'd be like censored right 
<laughs> and so I was always like, nah, I don't really know. But when I come in and I come to the studio, you know, I'm always given quite a lot of free reign to say what I want, you know. And I think my message is an overall positive message. Um, so do you have any words of encouragement for other artists dealing with unique, challenging circumstances? Absolutely. Uh, my words of encouragement are keep going. Uh, <laughs> my words of encouragement are, you know, continue to push, uh, continue to strive, continue to better yourself. Um, maximize the support uh, that you have. You know, I was, um, I was put in touch, actually, with, you know, I'm getting older now, so I was put in touch with, I think, uh, I had course mates that have now gone and become, like, important in schools in London. And so I was put in touch with a young person who was 18, who was just going to uni like I was. And, you know, we're told to, like, oh, I was told to say, any advice to help, you know, and what I told her and what I tell anybody dealing with these crazy circumstances is that, you know, ultimately... You know, and I pray for so many people, like bless, bless, bless. If you have the family situation, like a good family situation, who are supportive, and if you have um, you know, access to the things that we have access to here uh, in this country, then, you know, these things are here for you. You know, your family is here for you. You know, your teachers are here for you. You know, in God's will, hopefully this is what's happening in your life. You know, your um, uh, your friends, whoever it is, you know, lean on others. It's very important to lean on others. It's very important to help from others. And it's also important that within yourself, you just find that reason to keep going. You know, you find that voice, you know, you find that energy that keeps you going. You know, um, whether it's having to move through a very difficult commutes to get to school, move through the commutes to get to this, move through the commutes to get to that. I want to navigate these challenges. People are very helpful, is what I'd say also, you know, as a word of encouragement to get out there. People can be trash from time to time. No matter where in the world you go, as a disabled person, people can be really trash and awful. But on the other hand, people can also be so wonderful and so giving and so kind. As a disabled person, you get to really see humanity at its finest. The good, the bad, and the ugly of the human condition. As a disabled person, you confront it every day. You know what I'm saying? You see someone who's just awful. They look at you bad. They treat you bad. They see that you're going through something, and they just want to treat you bad. And then on the other hand, there are people who reach out, and there are people who are helpful genuinely a good human being on the other hand there are those who are just sort of uh i don't know they put their they put their their must cosplay messiah sandals on you know they want to save me <laughs> you know they want to patronize and to save me, and that's wrong you know i shouldn't put me on a pedestal shouldn't i'm some kind of angel and a perfect person i'm really not you know, what's done in the dark will somehow find a way to shine. I have done so much that when you see, you might go blind. <laughs> you know, I'm not a perfect person. But on the other hand, you know, I'm not inferior. And we are not inferior. You know, we are human. And that's the number one message. And um, as long as you live in this world, you know, people who are going through it, I'm going through my messages to just go through your human experience reach out to the people, find within yourself that strength, you know, to carry on and 
you know, don't, uh, corny as it sounds, don't give up with your dreams in it. You know, there'll always be, if there's something you really, really want, then, you know, my advice is to go for it. You know, whether you want to teach, whether you want to be an engineer, fashion designer, whatever is in your mind that's within your capabilities, you know, sometimes our bodies change and some dreams are no longer possible, right? As in, I love boxing, but to keep it real. Yeah, as in, I think I could get a short name on Anthony Joshua, but I don't think I'd pass through regulations to be, you know, maybe for my own good. But ultimately, even if your body changes and certain doors are closed, then there's always going to be like another door. There's always going to be another opportunity. And I think it's important to keep that hope up and to link with others, you know, with our condition and to hold each other and to help each other, you know, and to get each other through support to get on more and more platforms that can visibilize us. And hopefully we can get into more positions where we can actually make more decisions. You know, we can get onto the board of different organizations, we can get into different positions of power. And I think if we hold each other, if we go for our dreams, if we keep the hope, if we keep looking for the new doors that open while the doors have closed, then, you know, I really, really think we can do something, especially with the decision-making power, you know, with the representation of saying that we can do something, you know, that will hold us, that will lift us up, you know, and that's a part of my message. And uh, those are my words of encouragement, you know, to people who are going through what I'm going through, is to, like, keep the faith, hold yourself up, and always, you know, be on the lookout for that next door, that next opportunity, and always uplift somebody else who's like us, you know help others and also lean on others too and you know also look out for your own you know how you navigate that balance you know you're just gonna have to navigate that but yeah that's my advice you know well simon it's been amazing hearing from you and um, a really interesting journey that you've been through very difficult challenging journey at times but to see you making art now and really putting yourself out there and communicating with people is quite inspiring so um it's been wonderful to meet you and to work with you so thank you very much for talking to us today thank you thank you so much for having me thank you so much card from the map but that will come back first things first all praise it do what rose from a hearse pick up the whole team the fam and my nurse it's a flex i struggle to put in words back on the grind putting in work natural hustler everything i have is earned Gonna be a doctor in five years Gonna be a star MC in five years Remember what my bro taught me Got to work four times as hard for 25% For each and every tumour I be getting it in Adrenaline rush and spit blood into the sick Sick blood and land head first Having to fit in the A you need No way can he be so successful But wait and see Though life is stressful I still believe So here we are Another new release Another surgery Another new degree More misadventures and lunacy So to summarise I'm just a human being Like